Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. A deposit means that you are putting something away for a reason and that at the appropriate time, you will go back and collect it. Am I right? At the appropriate time. And you hold the bank accountable for the deposits you've made. True or false? True. Oh, by the way, I forgot to give you my rule. Whenever I get up to minister, and I did this when I was teaching in Temple University, we are participating in this, and if you have a comment or an observation, you can stand and we'll allow you to have the mic, but you can only do it in two sentences. Anything more than two sentences, the person in the mic is authorized to move the mic and leave you by step. <laughs> are we together? Yeah. We're together. Because it's a dialogue. We are, we are communicating. Not just speaking and you're listening. We are learning together, growing together, observing together. So we go to the bank and we make deposits and we hold the bank accountable because it's our money, and when we want it, we go back and get it, if that's the case. Now, God has made some deposits into our lives. Deposits. The things he has deposited are still his. It's a deposit. He makes deposits in all of our lives. Now, a deposit, a spiritual deposit, is different from a spiritual gift. There are spiritual gifts, a number of spiritual gifts. But how is a deposit from God different from a spiritual gift? By the way, is anyone able to give me at least one or two spiritual gifts? What are some of them? Spiritual gifts. Pardon me? Pardon me? Grace, yes. Pardon me? Shout loudly. Mercy is a spiritual gift, yes. Giving is a spiritual gift, yes. Yes. Huh? What's that? Worship. Spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts. Now, but spiritual gifts and divine deposits are different. Because every person, every believer has spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, every person has a spiritual gift, but he or she doesn't recognize it until they come to the Lord. So they spend a lot of their time wasting their talents and their gifts until they come to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. And then they realize, man, I could have, I could have been a different person earlier if I'd made the decision. How does a spiritual gift differ from deposits? Deposits, divine deposits are different from the gifts in that divine deposits are aspects of God's nature which he invests in us. Aspects of God's nature. The spiritual gift is not his nature. But divine deposits are aspects of God's nature, the nature of God, which he deposits in us so that we can be like him 
so that we can be like Jesus, a spiritual deposit. And all of us have spiritual deposits that God has given and invested in us. Therefore, we are human banks. We are God's banks. You go to the bank and you make a deposit. God deposits in us as his banks in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes sense. It makes sense. We are God's banks. Our banks. Every time you make a decision. How many of you have ever made a decision? <laughs> now, making a decision is different from having an idea. Because you can have an idea without making a decision. All right? True or false? Sure. Yes. The first time I saw Pastor Hyacinth, I had an idea. As a matter of fact, I proposed one month later. After, one month later. And if she had lived, it would have been 60 years of our relationship. So an idea is different from a decision. There's something that happens every time you make a decision. Regardless of what the decision is, who has my stuff? Oh, here it is. Every decision you have ever made has come with its luggage. Every decision you have ever made came with its luggage. When I proposed to Pastor Hyacinth, I brought, and we got married, I brought to her my luggage. And she brought to me her luggage. Now, we had a challenge because I was Church of God, and I still am to this day. She was Methodist. And her father was very concerned about her being connected to me or, or getting married because I was Church of God and she was Methodist. And therefore, this Church of God luggage and there's Methodist. You got the message. And so how do we merge these two pieces of luggage together? And we obviously did. We obviously did because she passed away three months ago. But if she hadn't, it would have been 60 years for us. So it's obvious that the luggage meshed. Are you there? Yes. Making sense? Yes. Making sense. You have luggage that you bring to every decision. And sometimes we forget that the persons we are dealing with also have their luggage. And sometimes we want them to throw away their luggage so they can take your, your luggage. Now, did I hear an amen somewhere? And when you don't understand luggage, 
you end up with baggage. And so there are those who have married somebody else's baggage and you're stuck for a long, long time. It's kind of, it, it suddenly got very quiet, didn't it? <laughs> Luggage and baggage. And you really need to know the difference between the luggage and the baggage. Because you can understand the rationale for the luggage, but you don't want to get stuck with the baggage. And we all have baggage. Am I right? Yes. Yes, we all have baggage. I'm taking my time because I'm teaching and I want you to understand, not just enjoy, but to understand. Every single person you interact with has luggage and some baggage. And we have to understand how to separate the two so we can communicate and understand each other and build relationships. And conflict emerges when we don't understand the luggage and the baggage that someone else is living with. Living with. living with. And that's one that person also wants to force you to live with their baggage. Understanding the divine deposits. God's deposits are aspects of his nature which he invests in us so that we can be like him. so that we can be like Jesus in our relationships. And so our luggage and baggage become less heavy because we have a burden bearer. When you don't have a burden bearer, you're carrying it all by yourself. And it tires you out. And you get worn out. But when you understand that God wants to bear, not your baggage, but the deposits and the cost of the deposits. God wants to use you in some specific ways. So let me give you a number of those ways. The first is you're accepting Christ as your savior. Because there's a logic to that. Unless the Lord builds the house, who can finish the verse? They labor in vain to build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. What's the point spending so much of your life and your energy laboring in vain. So much time is wasted when you're laboring in vain. 
Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. It means it can't last. It doesn't take a storm to bring it down, it just takes some rain. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchmen, huh? watch in vain. They watch in vain, they watch in vain. They watch in vain, they watch in vain. Witnessing is a deposit. Because we overcome, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We overcome by telling our stories. We overcome, this, that's what the word of your testimony is. When you're giving a testimony, you're telling a story. Am I right? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony, which means you have to become more comfortable telling your story. I know someone say, I heard that story before, that's fine. But somebody else didn't hear it. And you have a story. Every single person here has a story. And you have to be comfortable telling your story. Because that's all you have to really tell. Your story. You can't tell my story. You can repeat what I said about me, but it's not your story. But you have a story. And there are members of your family who need to hear your story. And there are persons with whom you work need to hear your story. And there are other individuals who need to, need to hear your story because you didn't come this far by yourself. We've come this far by? By faith. By faith. Not standing on the Lord, but leaning on the Lord. <laughs> leaning on the Lord. Yeah, leaning on the Lord. We've come this far by faith. And we need to be comfortable. I know I'm giving you a hard time, but <laughs> we need to give her a hand, please. I was serving in our church when I was 11 years old. And so I enjoy seeing, seeing her sharing. Witnessing is one of them because it's, it gives you a chance to tell your story. Mis ministering to the sick and the suffering is another opportunity to share your faith and to encourage somebody, to invest in somebody's life. Um, knowing that where you are is a result of God's investment, which is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Running over, running over. Wisdom is one of his, of his investments in us. And wisdom is mentioned in the scriptures 222 times. Wisdom. Wisdom. We have a men's group that meet on Saturday mornings on the phone. I, I, I try never to miss it because it's a fantastic thing that Deacon Blackstock is in charge of. And the end of every session we have
prayer requests. And my prayer requests over the years has been the same, for wisdom. For wisdom. Why do I pray every single day for wisdom? Because wisdom is the principal thing. And in all of your getting, get wisdom. Plus the fact wisdom stops you from making a fool of yourself. It helps you to realize that you don't have all the answers. And it also helps you to keep your mouth shut at certain times. <laughs> wisdom. Brings grief too, right, Bishop? Huh? Wisdom brings grief. Wisdom brings grief. Sure, it brings grief. Because you can see things you realize you can't do very much about. You can see people messing up and you know you can't, you can't correct them. There are people and there are young people who are messing up and you can't correct them. They think they're right and you're wrong. And so you have to leave them to themselves. And that's wisdom. It's wisdom. Wisdom is one of the investments. One of the investments that God makes. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom. Another aspect of God's investment in us and through us is prayer. Prayer. You know, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we, we feel that that is, was intended to be a prayer. So we pray that all the time. But Jesus said, In this manner, he didn't say repeat this prayer in this manner. What manner is he talking about? He's talking about the aspects of that prayer. The, fun, the fundamentals of that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. The recognition of that. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that before he died. But after he died, put your seatbelts on. Did you have your seatbelts on? After he died, God no longer lives in heaven. God lives in you and me. He says we are the temples of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. We are his temples. It is in us that he resides. So that if you don't take care of yourself, you're destroying God's temple. Hmm? You're destroying God's temple because his temple is not in heaven. He says, ye are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You and I. So I have to take care of me. Because it's where God lives, in me. I have to do right because it's where God lives, in me. I have to love you because it's where God lives, in you. I have to treat you well because it's where God lives, in you. When I treat you well, I'm treating God well. Am I communicating? 
He lives in us. Know ye not, the Bible says, that you are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple. I have to respect you as the temple of God. I have to treat you well as the temple of God. You see, Jesus taught us the principles of prayer. Not the prayer, but the principles of prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Your kingdom is coming. When your kingdom comes, what happens? Your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. It's the only prayer that has a condition to it. The only prayer in the Bible, in the whole Bible, that has a condition attached to it. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Which means, if you can't forgive me, then God can't forgive you. That's the condition. That's the condition. And forgive us our trespasses just as we forgive other people. I must forgive. Hmm? I must forgive. You've got to forgive. Because that's the condition of the prayer. That's the condition. He's giving us the principles. The principles of the prayer. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, for thine is the glory. The foundational principles of prayer. The foundational principles of prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Forever means that it can't change. The conditions cannot change. It's forever. It's locked in eternally. Are we still friends? Yes, we are. So then we have to ask ourselves, who, are, who am I and why do I exist? Because one of the investments God makes is purpose. Wisdom, prayer, purpose. And if we deal with purpose, then I have to ask myself a question. Who am I and what am I here for? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? You have, you have heard the story. Some of you haven't. Well, it's Okay. When I turned down the offer from Temple University to become the dean of the Graduate School of Education, and my son asked me, why did you turn it down? And I said, as much as I have a passion for education, I don't want my passion to compete with my purpose. Education is not my purpose. I have a lot of degrees. No temperature, but a lot of degrees. <laughs> but but, you, but you, you have to understand the difference between your passion and your purpose in life. I knew my purpose in life 
when I was five years old. My purpose. Anybody ask me what you're going to be when you grow up, I knew I'm going to be a fitterman. A fitterman. A fitterman. And I couldn't get these people to understand what fitterman was. And so at five years old, I had to figure out a way to teach them what I'm saying. I want to be a fitterman like Peter. I couldn't pronounce fisherman. I couldn't pronounce fisherman. But I knew what my mission was at age five. Hmm? A fisher of, of, of men, like Peter. Interestingly enough, it was a fisher of men, and there was a model connected to it, like Peter. Like Peter. Like Peter. I knew that at five years old. Five years old. Purpose. Purpose. The right purpose is powerful. No one can defeat you if your purpose is clear. If your purpose is clear, you will always win. You will always win. You will always win. You will always win. People don't have to like you, but they'll respect you. They'll respect you if your purpose is clear. If your purpose is clear. Who am I? You see, you cannot convince me in terms of who I am. I have to figure that out. And you cannot convince me as to what my purpose is. I have to figure it out because I have to live with it. I have to live with it. And not just live with it, I have to be prepared to make the sacrifices that that purpose requires. Because purpose will always require sacrifices. Sacrifices. We don't want to make the sacrifice, so we settle for something else. Don't we? Don't we? We don't want to make the sacrifice. We settle for something else. You all know that I was put out of our home when I was 14 years old. I was homeless. What kept me the roots of my faith? The roots of my faith were deep. Were very deep. I was mentored. And therefore, when the challenges came, it didn't throw me off because my roots were deep. I have, we have some trees on this campus that were about 400 years old. I'm sorry I didn't bring the, the pictures on my cell phone that I forgot to put in the screen, but 400 years old. And you can see how the roots have spread out and gone down. The wind cannot shake them because the roots are solid. And my friend, you and I have to have solid roots. And you can't have solid roots if you have a wishy-washy purpose. Because if your purpose isn't clear, if your purpose isn't clear, 
Every time you have a, face a problem, you will uproot yourself. You'll uproot yourself. And where you constantly uproot yourself, there's no stability. Because every wind will hit you over. But when your roots are locked into the soil as a person, a value, a purpose, a principle, then the winds will come and the storms will come. They may shake you, but they wouldn't uproot you. They will not uproot you. Pastor, thank you for this privilege today. I thank you. Because I think this message is important for all of us. You will face principalities and powers and tribulations. You will face them. The Bible says you will face them. So when they come, that's not the crying time. That's a striving time. To make sure your roots are solid. Solid. The roots are solid. We all need solid roots in the ground. You can't build faith on roots that are not solid. Every all things, put it this way, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. That's the Bible. Romans 8.28, all things. Now, I need some bright people who can help me out here. Um, how do you define the word all? All is all. 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 All things. All things. Which means everything in your life and everything you've ever experienced is a part of the all. Am I right? All things work. Work. How many of you work? How many of you? Yeah. How many of you go to work, I should say? <laughs> it's, it's different. It's, it's, working and going to work are two different things. Am I right? Am I, he, he said I'm right. He said I'm right. Yes. All things work, which means all things and every experience you've ever had has a job. Work has a job. Everything that you've ever experienced in life has a job has a job. It's working. It's working. It's working. There is no experience you've ever had that remains unemployed. No experience. None at all. That you've ever anything you've ever had remains unemployed. They all work. But they work together. We're the ones who try to separate them. We're the ones who try to separate them. I don't like this one, so keep him unemployed. Keep that experience unemployed. You can't because they all work. How? Together. 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 
They're all working together. That's what the Bible says. All things work together for good. For good. I thank the Lord for all the what we call negative experiences I've had in my, in my journey. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. Because they all have shared in working together for good. I am the result of all of my pain. I am the result of all of my struggle. I am the result of all of my disappointments. I'm the result of all the persons who rejected me. I'm the result of all that because all of them are working together for what? Good. For my good. For my good. For my good. Think of some painful experiences you've had. We've all had painful experiences. Every one of us. The question is, how do we allow them to work for our good? Rather than complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining. Complaining eats away of our being. Who wants to live with a person who's constantly complaining? All things. All things have jobs. Every experience I've ever had in my life has a job. It came into my life to do something regardless of how it came or through whom it came. The fact that it came, it can work for my good. It can work for your good. So stop complaining and begin re-evaluating what God is allowing to come your way because it can't come your way unless God allows it. He's, he's, Bible says, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, before I formed you in the womb. Before, not afterwards. Before I formed you. It doesn't mean when you, got, when you were born. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Imagine. I wasn't even formed yet and God knew me. Isn't that heavy? Yeah, that's very... I wasn't formed yet. My father and my mother had not come together yet. But he knew me. <laughs> he knew me. I mean, that's heavy. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I knew everything about you, because I'm God. If God did not know everything about me, he couldn't be God. Or you couldn't say, well, yeah, he knew, but he forgot. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. So there's nothing you can do that God doesn't know about. There's nothing you have done that God doesn't know about. I knew you. I knew you. I knew you before you were new. I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you. And I have determined 
because I knew you before I formed you, that all things will work together for your good because you love the Lord. Any questions? Who has a question? Have a question? Okay. Any mics? Only two sentences. And by the way, short sentences. I used to teach it. <laughs> Go ahead. So God, God knew us before the foundation were born. of the Before earth. what? The foundation of the earth, before yeah. he ever yeah. knew us. He knew us before the foundation of the earth. Amen. Yeah. But yet, he gave us a free will. Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. Uh, wow. He knew us before the foundation of the earth. And yet when he made us, he gave us a free will. He could have said, well, I know them, so I'm going to control them. He gave us a free will. He gave us a free will. And the use of our free will is an indication of our level of maturity. Maturity. The level of our maturity is manifested in how we demonstrate the freedom of our will. Because if we use the freedom of our will and mess up, it means it's a sign of immaturity. Are we there? Yes. Who else has a comment or a question? Yes, come right up. Oh, could you bring the mic over there? Right over there. Why don't you stand so they can see you? Two sentences. Is the mic on? Interesting. Good, good. He knew every pain that we would feel, and he knew it would draw us closer to him. Yes. He knew every pain that we will feel, and he knew that it has the potential of drawing us to him or away from him. Because pain can draw us to him, and pain can also draw us away from him, and he gives us the freedom. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. I'm going to say, I have a theatrical voice, so my voice carries. Okay, your voice carries. Yes. Yes. Um, so Proverbs, one of my favorite books, is a book of knowledge and two wisdom. Two sentences. Okay. You just finished one. Okay. Right? You okay. just finished all two, right? Okay. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, you say, we say, where there's wisdom, there's grief, but we are to obtain wisdom, and where there is knowledge, there is sorrow. Okay. So those two things that we're to uh, try to obtain are most painful for us. And yet those grief are the sorrow. things that create maturity. Amen. Amen. There can be no maturity without capacity for sorrow and pain. Say that one more time, baby. There can be no maturity without the capacity for sorrow and pain. Pain. This is why women bring forth babies in pain. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. God could have created women to give birth without pain. And he could have created us to have life without pain. But it's part of the process.
Bishop. Luggage and baggage. Luggage and baggage. Children come into the earth. Do they come into the earth with luggage? Or loudly, baggage? loudly. Do children come into the earth with luggage or baggage or both? Yeah, children come into the world. They do not have luggage or baggage. They acquire luggage and baggage from their parents and those they interact with. They acquire that from individuals with whom they interact. Are you there? And, and not only children, but adults also acquire additional luggage and baggage based on the persons they interact with. if they choose to carry that luggage because they can reject that luggage and they have to learn to reject certain types of luggage and baggage so they don't become burdened down with somebody else's personality. Mm. Any other questions? Over yes. here, Bishop. Yes, ma'am. Before the foundation of the world. And God knew us before the foundation of the world. Even though he knew all the mistakes that we were going to make in our life, he still loves us. But just now, I, I heard you, but I didn't understand it. So but go slowly. I'm coming. I said he knew us before the foundation. He knew us before we were born. And even though he knew us before we were born and he knew the mistakes that we were going to make, he still loves us. Yes, he knew every single mistake you would have made because he's God. There's no mistake you can make that God says, oh man, I didn't realize he's going to do that. <laughs> no, no, he knew. He knew every mistake you will make. He, know, he knew when you will mess up and not mess up. And yet, in, in, the light, in spite of his total knowledge, he loved you. And that's what true love is all about. True love is loving the good and the bad. That's what true love is. And why, why do we love God? Why do you and I love God? It's very simple. We love God because he first loved us. We love God because he loved us first. He didn't wait until we become saved. He didn't wait until we become sanctified. He didn't wait until we become good. He just loved us. And that's why we love him. And you know, we are created to respond to love. We will love those who love us. We really will. I saw a hand somewhere. Where? Okay. Loudly so I can hear. No, no. Why don't you, Dennis, why don't you hold the mic? Why don't you hold the mic? Because it's two sentences. <laughs> God knows what he has deposited in us. Pardon me? God knows what he has deposited God knows in what he us. has deposited in us. And he will put us in situations where we sometimes discover what's in us. Oh, God knows. That's heavy. That's heavy. Wow. Man, I tell you. God knows what he has deposited in us. And he will put us into situations so that what? So we can know, we can understand, we can comprehend um, 
our own capacities. Our own capacities. Sometimes we get so upset, we blame God, we blame this person, that person. All they're doing is helping you to work out your capacity. Your capacity. Two, two sentences. So, when you were saying luggage and baggage. Luggage and baggage. Loudly said I can all hear you. When you were saying luggage and baggage, I heard luggage you willingly carry. Okay. Baggage you drag. Oh, baggage you drag. Depending on how heavy it is. So, you, 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 can have, you can have heavy luggage so too. My, <laughs> but my go question, ahead. But I hear you. I hear you. The things that happen in your life. life. Negative experiences. Sure. Should I, should I treat it as luggage? Or should I treat it as baggage? Mm. That's a heavy question. Let me ask Pastor Bob to answer that. One. <laughs> 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 the, the, the things, the, the negative things that happen, do we treat it as luggage or baggage? It can become luggage if we choose to make it luggage. And it will become baggage if we choose to make it baggage. Because you have free will. You have free will. Free will. Nothing that you, has ever come to your way has destroyed your free will. Your free will is an everlasting and eternal gift from God. So it all depends on how we respond. All depends. I see, I see a person standing there. Bishop. Yes. Right here, right here. Right where? <laughs> where? <laughs> Bishop, I was just going to say, but you beat me to it. That but, really but I, let me come close so I can hear you clearly. Go ahead. I was agreeing with you, even before you said it, that the baggage it becomes um, baggage depending on how you process Yes, it becomes baggage you depending on how you process, process it because you're in charge. Yes. You're in charge. You see, the luggage and the baggage don't have minds. They don't have a mind. You're in charge. You have the mind. You're in charge. And so you determine whether it's luggage or baggage. You determine that. Because they don't come with a mind of their own. You have the mind. Anyone else? Okay. We're here. Good morning. Okay. Good morning. <laughs> Loudly, so I can hear you. Um, my question is: What happens when you use the universal deposits for your own purpose, and you refuse to hear the call? Loudly, so they can all hear you. And you refuse to hear the call. No, speak loudly, so everyone can hear you. What happens? When you use the universal deposits for your own purpose and you refuse to hear the calling that's aligned and according to his purpose. Okay, what, what happens when you use the deposit for your purpose and you refuse to be aligned to his purpose? Excellent question. Excellent question. Sometimes God brings circumstances to shake us up and to help us to see the times and the ways we use his 
deposits or his investments for the wrong purpose. See, you may have, I'm trying to figure out the difference between satisfaction and fulfillment. You may have a degree of satisfaction in terms of what you're doing, but you'd never have fulfillment. You'll never have fulfillment. You may have satisfaction, but fulfillment is totally different. And what God wants you to have is the degree of fulfillment in your life. Fulfillment in your life. Um, there, there are so many illustrations and stories that I can share from my own journey. But I've come to the conclusion that all things can work together for good if you keep loving the Lord. Amen. If you keep loving the Lord. Because the challenge is we don't always keep loving the Lord because we keep blaming the Lord. We keep blaming the Lord. We keep asking him why. Why? Just why? Sometimes you can't understand the why even if he answers you. You just have to work with what he has given to you and work out his purpose in your life. I think that, Loudly. I think that we should also pay attention to withdrawals because some baggage can consistently take from what's wait, being wait, Just now, I'm, I'm not hearing clearly. Go slowly. Go ahead. I think that we should also pay attention to withdrawals. We should pay attention to withdrawals from the bank. Go ahead. Yes, because some baggage can consistently take away from what's being deposited. And it depends on which bank you're depositing it. Because God's bank never goes into bankruptcy. God's bank. And God's bank does not produce interest. It produces life. Life. And life is more powerful than interest. <laughs> Am I making sense? You sure I'm making sense? Yeah. It's life. It's life. It's life. Not just 5%, 6%. It's life. God loves, loved us first, and we didn't deserve it, and we can't earn it. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. oh, write that down. <laughs> God loved us first. We didn't deserve it, and we can't hurt it. Earn it. We can't earn it. We can't earn. You know, there are people who go through life trying to earn love. You're in a fix when you're trying to earn somebody's love. You really are. Because you'll be totally manipulated trying to earn love. Total manipulation when you're trying to earn love. Oh, there's my son. Boy, let me put on my... Let me put on my own suit belt. <laughs> all right. So, we all desire to be Christ-like. Yes, we all desire to be Christ-like. And we recognize that we will all fall short in... And we recognize we will all fall short at, at times. 
do we have the capacity to convert? Did, did God design us with the capacity to convert all of our baggage into luggage? Do we have the capacity to convert? Is that, is that, do we have the capacity of the word? Capacity. To transfer? To tra to, is there anyone essentially who could, who does not have baggage? Everybody has baggage. Everyone has baggage, but we can learn how to convert our baggage into positive luggage. Positive luggage, because we all have, you know, when you, when you go to the airport, you, you check in your luggage, and you know you'll get it back. Hopefully you'll get it back when you come to the end of it. <laughs> when you come to the end of your trip. So there's a, there's a positiveness to luggage, but there's a negativeness to baggage, because baggage can burden you down, especially mental, emotional baggage. There's some people who were hurt, were hurt 50 years ago, and they're still dealing with it. I mean, they can't, they can't seem to get themselves out of that. Yeah. And then, and then they bring that hurt to all of the other relationships. Bishop? Yes. I'm pulled in different... Um, Sam? Sam, did I answer your question? What, why don't you come right up? Here's the mic. So, I, I mean, I, I want to say... Yeah, I, I, yes, I, I'm, I'm really just trying to understand as, as we are walking through life, we have different experiences. Mm -hmm. We recognize that there are certain things that are absolutely baggage. And in this conversation, we recognize that we have a choice. I'm glad you said conversation and not sermon. <laughs> we have a choice in terms of how we internalize something to either be baggage or luggage. But I'm just curious, you know, can everything, do we have the capacity to not have baggage? Um. Oh, Andrew's coming to answer you first. <laughs> so as you ask the question about can we convert baggage into luggage, it made me think of a video that I saw this week of how food goes, how we, we eat food, and it... it it showed everywhere it goes through Two our sentences. digestive system, right? Two sentences, go ahead. <laughs> but but, but, but the principle though, the principle is very important, go ahead. The way in which we convert baggage into luggage is similar to the way in which we digest food. Undigested food is waste. It, it it's luggage. Give it's, us it's baggage. What we need. It's, it's baggage. And it stays with us as baggage. But if we take the time to digest the experiences. Telling me. Telling me. Telling me. Ah. If, if, we, if we take the time to digest it and work through it and pull what we need from it then it goes from baggage to luggage. Brilliant! Brilliant! 
Oh, this is heavy. This is heavy. I see some hands over there. Okay. Shout loudly so I can, okay. slowly and loudly so I can hear. Statement and question. Pardon me? A, a statement and a question. A statement and a question. My interpretation was that luggage is the lessons and then the baggage is like the burden. And then my question is, in any relationship, are you dealing with the baggage? Are you sharing the baggage? Where are we doing with the bag it, with the with the baggage and the luggage? Okay, I'm not quite sure that I, I that I got the question. Let me come closer so I can hear you. But this is important. It's important. It's an important teaching. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. With any relationship. With any relationship. I guess especially a, a relationship, romantic, romantic relationship. relationship. Or marriage. Or marriage. Are you sharing your luggage and baggage? How are you managing it? How, are, what are we doing with our luggage and baggage? Okay, in, okay. great. To live. Good. In, in, in a relationship or in a marriage, there's always an abundance, right? Do I the word abundance? of luggage and baggage. Because we all bring to that marital relationship a variety of experiences, some positive, some negative. Am I right? Yes. Am I right? Yes. We all bring to that. And we want to merge them into a degree of harmony. We want to merge the positives and the negatives into a dimension of harmony, and that process is possible, but it takes a lot of time. Because it requires not just my understanding your luggage and your baggage, but I have to understand you. Because you are the owner of the luggage and baggage. And my father-in-law, I remember when I proposed to Pastor Hyacinth after having met her for one month. He was concerned about our backgrounds. I was Church of God, she was Methodist. But he went beyond that, he wrote letters. We didn't have cell phones in those days. And a lot of people didn't even have telephones in those days. But he wrote a number of letters to friends of his to check out my family. Not to check out me, but to check out my family because he felt his daughter is not just marrying a man, right. she's marrying a family. Mm. And he wanted to get information on that family. Are you there? Yes. Now, of course, we think we fall in love and it's just you and me. But no, it's families. Families merging. Families bring history. Families bring luggage. Families bring baggage. Families bring joys, and families bring pain. Sometimes garbage. Huh? Sometimes garbage. Uh, some, the pastor said sometimes, <laughs> not just baggage, but garbage. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was from the Lord, man. That was from the Lord. That was from the Lord. 
us and the Lord, us and the Lord. But, but these are realities that we have to deal with. Everyday reality. On the job, there are people you're working with who have luggage and baggage and garbage. And you have, to, you have to develop the maturity to how do I handle all of this and keep my job if I want it. These, these are real life things. Yes. Who has the mic? Okay. I'll go to him. I'll come back to you. I'll go to him and come Hello. back to you. Okay. So Loudly. I mostly wanted to speak on what you said about how there is... Just no now, why don't you start over? Excuse me. I wanted to mostly speak Loudly so we can all hear you. I wanted to mostly speak on how you said there is no interest inside of the bank. Okay, well, I have okay start the sentence again. Start the sentence. I wanted to mostly speak on how you said that there is no interest inside of the bank. And I have a different perception of it. Because I believe that through purpose, that interest represents how someone may progress through that purpose to build in life yes. in general. So I believe that that interest will build up the deposit that was naturally given to us so it becomes vast to the point where we can give yeah. to others. Yes. Um, we, we, are, we are owners of our luggage. We're the owners of it. We bring luggage and baggage to every human situation. And we determine how we handle it. How I handle mine, how you handle yours, and how I handle yours, and how you handle mine. And if you bring that mindset, it is easier for you to have an understanding, a respectful relationship, that I did not marry you to change you. I did not marry you to change you. I married you because I loved you. And sometimes we don't understand this whole thing of love. We feel we're going to change this person and make them conform to my image and likeness. And my friends, if you haven't figured out yet, it doesn't work. Because they end up changing you. <laughs> no? Okay, I'm conscious of my time now. Did I see a hand somewhere? Yes. Loudly so I can hear you. Question and a statement. Question and statement, as long as two sentences. The, the agreement that we love God because he first loved, loved us. Loved us, yes. Now, where is the grace message? Where is grace? Where is the grace message today? What is the grace message, message today? today? Yes. The grace message today is that we love God because he first loved us, and the grace enables us through God to understand and love ourselves. Amen. To love ourselves. The grace. It takes grace for you to love me. And it takes grace for me to love you. Grace. Grace. So that means that there's nothing we can do but in Christ Jesus. That's right. There's nothing we can do apart from Christ because he gives the grace in every situation. Um, any other questions? Oh. <laughs> Boy, I have to put on my walking shoes today. 
why don't you come right up so I can hear you? Because even with the mic, I'm not hearing you very well. In all that you said, um, I'm a writer, so of course I wrote it down the minute it came to mind. Just now. I, I still can't hear you. Can you hear, hear me? One, I'm coming. Okay. Is, is this good? This good? Okay. All okay. right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Our life is a gift from God. And what we do with our lives is our gift back to God. Excellent. Excellent. What? Wait, 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 wait. Our life is a gift from God. But there are things we do with our lives that are not gifts to God. Exactly. So as disciples of God, we must mirror him. That's we right. must do as he does. We must mirror him, yes. We must definitely mirror him. Yes, yes. And love everybody. Yes. Meet them because he first are. loved us, yes. Uh -huh. Thank you. Ask you about the Holy Ghost. Pardon me? Dwelling in the temple. Yes. The Holy Ghost in dwelling that in the Holy temple. Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not dwell in heaven. Jesus said, when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. And he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Two parts. We saved, are the temples. Saved and unsaved, or once we're saved? Once we're saved, once we're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, we become the temples right. of the Holy Spirit. That's what I taught somebody. Yeah. Go ahead. Is there any baggage in our lives that God cannot take away? Any Is there any baggage in our lives? Good question. Excellent question. Excellent question. Is there any baggage in our lives that God cannot take away? If we, yes. we have control, we have choices. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. Is there any baggage in our lives that God cannot take away? God can take away anything if we give it to him. But he's not going to take away anything that you insist in keeping. Sometimes we hold on to stuff that we know is not good. We hold on to attitudes that we know is not, are not good. We hold on to it. Fall in love with it. God is good all the time. And he wants to bring good to your life if you allow him. Amen. I'm very conscious of my time. I don't want to go over my time. I think I've, I've gone over my time. Pastor, do you have a final comment? <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I may, Bishop. One Okay. Um, should I tell them that? No, 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 no. Is he a mic? Who has the mic? Okay. Is it for me? Is that, yeah, yeah. See, I'm a man under authority. He's the, I'm, the, I'm only the bishop, but he's the pastor. So I just asked Bishop if he would come back in December and finish this because of the level of engagement. I'll come back with my luggage. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Loudly. The bishop 
sorry, the luggage and baggage, we all have but, uh, luggage and baggage because we are all on a journey. And our journey is from human form to spiritual form. So we will always have luggage and baggage. It's how much you want to carry it that makes that journey uh, memorable or tough. Okay, okay. Yeah, you, you always have luggage and baggage. It all depends on which one you want to carry. Because you're always interacting with people and you really don't want to consciously burden them with your baggage. But you always have. As long as you're alive, we have baggage and luggage. And we have to understand how do we live with who we are because we are human beings, we're not God yet. <laughs> we're not God yet. We make mistakes. We, um, in, our, in our best interest, we might interpret something incorrectly. So we have to be conscious of how we interact with people. We have to respect people and treat them well in spite of. Right? I'll take two other, two other questions. I'll finish this in December, as the, as the pastor says. Anyone else? Where is it? Anyone else? The um, deposits are aspects of God's nature. Spiritual gifts are what he gives to believers. But the deposits are aspects of God's nature that he invests in us. Parts are aspects of his nature so that we can become like Christ. Oh. So, so that we can become like Christ in our minds, in our attitudes, in our relationships. Because where does the Holy Spirit live? In says our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, that bodies. And we need to respect our bodies because we're respecting not just our bodies, but the one who lives in us. Okay, I'm gonna wrap up. And I just had a final statement because the, the conversation about baggage is so appropriate for where we are in society t t today and relationships for those who are coming together. Luggage is what we choose to carry. I, I took you to the airport the other day and you had some, some luggage. Mm -hmm. That's what you were prepared to carry. That's right. Baggage is the stuff that we have with us that we have to take with us, even though we didn't prepare to take it. If with you're us. talking of personal baggage, yes, personal that, baggage. That, that personal yeah. baggage, we, we have to take it with us. It has to go somewhere, but it doesn't go with us comfortably. And The baggage that we have, if we don't work through it, if we don't uh, process it and digest it, because we're prepared to carry our own luggage, whatever we're not prepared to carry, we're going to ask someone else to carry it. We're going to put it on our, our, our spouses, carry this baggage. I'm carrying my luggage, carry this baggage. We're going to put it on our children, and they're going to be the ones carrying the baggage. Mm -hmm. 
And so if we take the time to process and make sure that we, we pack properly with our family, with our spouses, with our children, and we'll make sure that we're all carrying luggage and that we're just not throwing our baggage onto the next generation or onto our spouses. When we throw our baggage on the next generation, it becomes garbage. becomes garbage. When we throw our baggage on the next generation, it becomes garbage. And that's why we have to work very, very hard with our young people. Because so many of them have inherited garbage. I want us to pray. And Pastor, ha Pastor Bob, Pastor Oliver says that we'll continue this in December. Bishop? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm coming. I'm coming close as I can, I can hear and understand. It's one thing to hear, it's something else to understand. Yes. Loudly so they can all hear you. Okay. In this process, to enable us to do our own. Is the mic on? Okay, loudly. Okay. The process to enable us to reach our purpose is a statement from Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right. Do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. But by the renewing, underline the word renewing, by the renewing of our minds, the renewing part of the purpose of church and teaching and preaching is to help the renewing of our minds that we might know and apply what is that good and effective and perfect will of God. That's what it is. It's not entertainment. It's the renewing of our minds. Renewing of our minds that we may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what God intends church to be about. And that's what we also have to work on with our families so that they will understand God's purpose for their lives as they grow and develop. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you for this opportunity.
to bring the word that you've placed in my spirit, knowing the deposits that you continued to, to give to us, those aspects of your nature, that we might become more like your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to capture the thoughts. Let the thoughts marinate in our spirits. That every time we interact with a person, we are conscious of who we really are and what our agenda is. We thank you for every person here today. Let the word go with them, even as your spirit goes with them. We ask in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.